Hey friends, you're listening to the We Yogis podcast with me, Jocelyn K. Levy, mother of We Yogis and my little girl. This podcast is for you, parents, teachers, any of you kind souls that love the kiddos, where I'll be sharing some insight on how to bring yoga and mindfulness to children. Yay, We Yogis! Hey friends, this is Jocelyn K. Levy, and I'm so excited to be here with you for another We Yogis podcast. And today I have an amazing teacher, healer, friend, Lindsay Weiss, mama of three, musician, a beautiful album, Walk in Beauty, who has led many, many classes and teacher trainings in Bali and here in California. And I'm just so excited to have her here to grace us with her wisdom. Hey, Lindsay. Hi there. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) So nice to have you. And, um, you know, I just would love to start off with what you're doing now and what you're doing with your wonderful teachings. Mm. Well, I've been busy. I actually was so, so honored to have you part of the Conscious Kids Summit. And that was a summit offered through the Shift Network. And we had about 25 incredible facilitators sharing their wisdom on all different topics for children. And that included yoga, movement, meditation, songs, dance, all sorts of magic. Um, And so now that that summit is complete, I'm actually offering a 12-week course for mothers. And I'm weaving in the teachings for the children as well. But this is going to be a course for mothers to really reintegrate after birth and step even more fully into their authentic motherhood and embracing who they've always been even before they became mom. Ah, sounds juicy and awesome. (laughs) Being part of the Conscious um, Summit was such a beautiful thing. I really love that a lot of these big networks, you know, you and I were talking about this before, but like the ship network, and then also my work with Ram Das, that they're really starting to bring forth like the teachings for kids and families. And I feel like that's so rich and important. So it was really awesome to see you head that off and like bring teachers together. And that was just really exciting. How did that all come about? Well, that was an invitation from the founders, Stephen and Deva, who I was present for at their birth. I was their sonic doula. So I got to sing as their beautiful daughter, Phoenix, was born. Um, And it came about because the Shift Network has been feeling into creating more offerings and programs that are for children and families. And I was living in Bali for eight years. And while I was living in Bali, I was offering teacher trainings at the, at the yoga barn and at the green school in Bali as well. And I was helping people who were fighting disease naturally. So I was supporting with 21 day water fasts and cleansing programs. And then my son Jasper actually got sick and he got a diagnosis that really changed our lives. And we had a few days to give everything away and to move from Bali and to go be at Stanford Hospital. Mm. 
And wow. when, when we got there, I was pretty shocked um, because he had been diagnosed with leukemia, which is life altering. And he cleared it quickly to the millionth of a cell. And so we were really thankful. And yet I had to dig really deep um, into my own toolbox of what I'd been teaching and learning in Bali. And I had to dig deep for him as a child to have these practices that supported the healing for not just the physical body, but for his mind, for his spirit and his emotional body as well. And so it helped me to feel even more inspired to really embrace the the incredible teachings and wisdom from the masters of yoga and mindfulness to be not only for adults and as cures, but more so for children and families and as prevention. So that was a big inspiration for me. Yeah, that must have been so intense to go through that um, with your little one and see your little one go through that. Was there some practices that you were doing to help you through that like intense hard time? Yes, I feel like the pranayama saved my life. Being in the hospital, being around a lot of people, um, also, a lot of people don't realize, but it's government mandated to get the chemo. It's for about a three and a half year protocol. And so that was really a big piece for me that I didn't know when we left Bali, where we were helping people heal naturally as adults. Um, children don't have that choice. It's, it's mandated. And so through a lot of what I was going through, um, yeah, I, I was practicing the, the beautiful pranayama to help relax the, the vagus nerve, or it's also known as the soul nerve, by inhaling deeply in for four counts and out for eight counts. I was doing a lot of the Brahmari pranayama of covering my eyes and ears and humming into the parts of my being that I felt really triggered. And I was holding my son and humming and singing a lot. I would always bring my crystal bowl, my kalimba, the sansula, my little shaker, and my instruments into the hospital just to help to transmute some of that energy that was so dense. Mm -hmm. And what about for Jasper? Did you have any exercises that helped him? Yes, and when I, I mentioned the, the singing, a big part of that was mantra and just being in a space where we were able to chant not only ancient Sanskrit mantras that we love, but also Jasper loves making up songs. And so we would find a, a sentence or two sentences and we would just keep on looping it and singing it and staying as joyful and positive as we possibly could. Yeah, that was a, a huge part for him. And then also the physicalities of helping to move the, the chemo and the medicine through his body. He was such a good sport at doing um, the different yoga postures and stretching out and letting me do massage and the, the yogi practices that we love for children while he was there in the hospital. It, I felt was quite life-saving. Wow, that's, that's amazing. It's amazing to see how you were really able to bring the practices with you during that traumatic time and then 
to come to a place of deep healing and then it also inspired you in your now work. Yes, it's been a gift that actually at the time, it feels like you're never going to make it through. It just feels like the tunnel's really long and um, Jasper gets to go next week and ring the bell that he's fully complete with the protocol. And um, he's even created a, a YouTube channel, the ALL Stars, and it's for others who have had ALL, the same kind of disease that he had. And he's bringing humor and video and tips for other children, especially, who've gone through this. So it's been so inspirational to um, witness myself and the way that I was able to dig deep into these tools and really teach them to my son and also to see how he's up for bringing these tools and this wisdom to the younger generation as well. It's been quite magical. No, I love that. And it's so amazing, like these kiddos, if we could help teach them, facilitate them and lead them and show them how we could take these traumatic events and heart opening events and use it to help us teach others and spread light on it. And if we're able to show that as parents and they're able to do that, and that's so amazing that he's doing that because kids innately are such wise teachers, um, so authentic and real. So for them to share it through their own firsthand experience, um, that sounds amazing. Yes, it really warms my heart. He was quite shy, actually, and wasn't up for it until literally just last month, created the channel and his first video and... Um, we get so many families that are reaching out and saying, hey, what did you do? How did Jasper move through that so gracefully? And, you know, like, wow, just wanting to know what we were doing. And so we're supporting people of all ages. And you'd ask um, in the beginning of the call what I've been up to. And another thing that we're creating is called the Wise Family Healing Journey. And that's going to be a journey with all of this wisdom. And it's something that will be by donation that can be a toolbox for families that find themselves unexpectedly in the hospital going through similar experiences. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely know so many families that um, are going through deep traumatic things. And that's always the question of how do we move through them in, in, in a graceful way, but also like what are the teachings and the practices that we could do that could really help us and then also help our little ones ease any pain that they're going through. So I love that you guys are doing that. Mm. Um, one more note is storytelling helped a lot. Jasper would always ask for stories and you know, I know that you do with the We Yogis, a blend of the yoga and the song and the storytelling and the dance. And that's what I felt like was really beneficial for Jasper, especially being stuck in the hospital for such long periods of time. You know, he would want us to create stories and get creative and dance parties, just putting on music and shaking out the funk and, you know, getting our sillies on. Those types of practices made all the difference for him. Um, as well as, like I'd mentioned, the, the music and creating little mantras and just being in the present moment and finding the joy even in the trauma. 
Yeah. Oh, Jasper, it's very lucky to have you guys as two conscious, loving parents. Yeah, and I'm so, <laughs> yeah, very, very lucky. And, and, and we're lucky to have these little ones as our kiddos, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know, you hit actually in our conversation so far why I love your teachings and your work so much is you've really been able to bring kiddos mantra philosophy, stories, in a very rich, authentic way. And in your teachings, you've been able to even bring in stories and teachings of like Navajo teachings, and then also about the elements, you know, all the beautiful four elements. And so it's just, I love watching how you've been able to really interweave those teachings. Um, and also you, you do it in a way um, I don't really know how to say this. For some of um, kids' teachers and facilitators that I know, sometimes we tend to dumb it down a little bit, um, or we, we try to make it in the very simplest form, and we don't even say the Sanskrit words, and we kind of like do a little dance around it. But what I love to see when you teach is you are bringing it all forth. You're really bringing in the Sanskrit. You're really bringing in the mantras and teaching the kids the mantras in a rich, rich way. And I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, when we lived in Bali, actually, the way that I learned Indonesian was by volunteering right when we arrived. And I was teaching a lot of children's yoga, dance, and song circles. And at the schools, they said, hey, could you help to read the Ramayana and break it down for children? And so I started going to different um, circles and schools and teaching them about Hanuman and Ganesha and Saraswati and all of these goddesses in a way that um, you know, the gods and the goddesses in a way that was very rich and that helped to come full circle with the stories, you know, bringing in the mantra and the dance and the storytelling. And I'm definitely not a fan of dumbing anything down because I've discovered, um, you know, my children are my gurus. I've never had anyone, you know, I've had so many teachers that I love on my path, but the only ones that I've actually really um, looked at as being my gurus are my children. They are wise beyond their years. And I really believe that they're the ones that are teaching us. And so, you know, when we're delivering these types of stories and this wisdom, we're not really teaching it to them. They already know it. We're just helping them to remember. So if we can do that in an authentic way, then it helps them to rise up to be the we yogis that they already are. Mm, yes, yes. I, just because I know I have a lot of teachers and parents that are listening, what how would you give us a short description um, of what the Ramayana is? Sure. The short, the brief description would be <laughs> um, sharing the stories of the babies, you know, and, and also of 
learning about the deities and learning about the myths that are woven into the yoga and the stories so that it begins to make some sense when we're learning the Sanskrit names of the asanas and when we're learning about the gods and the goddesses and some of these different practices, it inspires us more because we're learning about Varuti, who is actually the original name of Hanuman. And, you know, Varuti was, had fallen down and when he hit the earth, he broke his jaw and Hanuman is the means broken jaw in Sanskrit. You know, so we're we're learning as well, like that he's the hero and that his father is the god of the wind and learning some of the myths so that, especially for children, there is even more substance to these, these myths and these stories. Um, so breaking down the Ramayana, there is also a book, the Ramayana for children, and you can just read little brief stories and pieces and start to piece it together to understand the myths of these asanas and of this yogi way of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I find sometimes for like, even for me, especially with teaching a lot of the Ram Das teachings, we um, are really focused on Hanuman and his teachings. Do you find when you are teaching to the kiddos, there are a certain few that you tend to really go to to help the kiddos process and learn? Or who are your favorite deities, basically? <laughs> sure. Oh, I love Hanuman. I love also teaching about Ram and Sita, you know, and Ram, who was an avatar that incarnated over 10,000 times, you know, so teaching about Gopala, Govinda, some of the incarnations in that, I, I see that as a trinity, you know, the Hanuman and the Sita and the Ram. And then another trinity that I really share a lot about, who I adore, is Ganesha, who is the child of Shiva and Parvati. And something that I love about that Trinity is that it reminds me a lot of um, what I was raised as, which is Christian, you know, and learning about the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which being like the mother, the, the female spirit. And then also, um, most people don't realize that Ganesh has a brother, Skanda, who's the god of war, who rides around on a peacock. So um, I know you know that Jesus also has a brother that's known as a god of war, you know, or creating conflict. And so when we are sharing the stories about, you know, Shiva, um, who used to be the lord of the yogis, and how he gave that title to his son Ganesha, who is the lord of the yogis and the remover of the obstacles, I love teaching about the mother Parvati, who's the goddess likened to the mountain energy. Because through the trauma, through the challenges, there's always that ma energy holding us. And something that I also love teaching about is that, you know, Parvati is also known as an incarnation of Lakshmi, who's the goddess of abundance and beauty. She is also an incarnation of Sarasvati 
is this statue you can see behind me. <laughs> um, and Sarasvati is the goddess of, you know, knowledge and wisdom and creativity. And she's also an incarnation of Kali. And Kali is this fierce warrior with the big skull belt that she has depicted. And she is known to help to slay the ego and the unhealthy aspects of consciousness. And so these different deities are all brought into one, which is known as Narayani. And Narayani is the goddess in human form. So all of these different faces and facets of the goddess all come together in Narayani, who is you and me, you know, and each of the children that we are learning with. So it's just really even teaching children about how unique they are in their own perspective as being the eyes of God, as being part of this soul of God, goddess of these deities. Um, so yeah, you'd asked me my favorites. I also love teaching about the different ways of the goddess because like Navaratri, we celebrate nine days of the goddess and it's three nights of Durga and then three nights of Lakshmi and then three nights of Sarasvati and then bringing it all together. So I love teaching about that and I find as well the energy of Ganesha who is likened to being much like the sky and like a big brother energy to be really fun and lighthearted and in Bali, when I offer the children's song circles, I would always pass around a magical feather and each child could choose what song they wanted to sing. And then we'd go around the circle. And it was hilarious because there were times, many times, that we would sing for Ganesha. Each child would say, Ganesha, and want it again. <laughs> so we'd sing a different mantra for Ganesha. We'd get up, we'd pretend to be elephants. And Ganesha is the remover of obstacles. He can place obstacles as well as remove them. And I found that for the children that I was working with, their favorite that they would call in without fail every week, multiple times, was Ganesha. See, this is what I'm talking about, the yummy richness that you hold in your mind and your heart. And um, it's so amazing to see how you get to share this with the kiddos. When it comes to Ganesha, and I feel like this is how our podcast has started and then where it's taken us right now is this idea of the remover of obstacles. Could you share one of the songs of Ganesha that you would sing with the kids? Oh, sure. Always up for offering a prayer for Ganesha. And another thing that I found when I would cruise all around Bali offering song circles was that my harmonium was not totally harmonious to cruise around on my motorbike. <laughs> so I got used to bringing my little charango, which is a sweet celestial 10-stringed instrument from Bolivia. Yeah, and so I'm going to just offer this mantra with my charango. Um, and when you come and you're in my home, I also love, you know, offering prayers for the mantras with my harmonium. But if you're cruising around or if you're going <laughs> to the river or going out in nature, you know, an ukulele or a guitar or a charango or even just a little shaker egg or rattle 
is a great method. <laughs> I hear that. So this mantra I'll share, I just want to share that Ganesha Sharanam is a way to say salutation. So when we say Ganesha Sharanam, Sharanam Ganesha, it's saying salutations to Ganesha, the remover of obstacles. And then when we sing Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, try that. So I'll break it down because one thing that is easy to remember is that Ganesha is known as being a little bit of the party animal of the yogis. This is a good joke because when he was young or when he is depicted dancing and free, his name was Ganapataye. So Ganapataye, he likes to party. Ganapataye. Ganapataye. And then the word Namaha means, you Namaha. know, Namaha, it's to bow. Namaha is to surrender and release everything that's not me, everything that's not my ego. So when we sing Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, we are, you know, bowing to that freedom of Ganesha and also surrendering everything that is not us for Ganesha to support us with. And when we're doing any kind of practice or mantra, we've got to give our consent, you know, because our ego's job is to hold on so tightly. And so if we're able to say, hey, I'm going to allow my soul, I'm going to allow, you know, whether it's Ganesha or whatever higher power you perceive as being your remover of obstacles, when you give consent for them to support with moving the mountains, man, they sure do move swiftly. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I like how you broke down Ganapataye, like party, because that's yeah. a good, I always have to associate it with something, with a story. And that's how I, I find kids are too. So Ganapataye. Ganapataye, yeah. <laughs> and then Jaya means victory. As you know, you've got a gorgeous daughter named Jaya Grace. And so we're going to just sing it. And oftentimes um, with children, rather than doing call and response, I just sing it, you know, and then they catch on when they catch on. And we all sing it together rather than call and response. Ganesha Sharnam, Sharnam Ganesha. Ganesha Sharnam, Sharnam Ganesha.
thank you for um, listening to my call and letting me put you on the spot. You know, that's such a beautiful song. And I think the thing that's so amazing is with your rich teachings, you were able to bring this into a school setting at the Green School in Bali, which I've heard amazing things about. Um, Gagan, my husband, and I have talked about the Green School many of times. But I wonder how it is for you here in Northern California now, bringing um, some of the yoga philosophy and mantras. Have you been able to bring some of those teachings into schools over here? And what is your response? I actually, I haven't fully been able to offer that because um, I mentioned my son's healing journey that he was on and we were wearing masks before masks were cool because he had no immune system. And so, you know, we were really in a cocoon and hibernating. And then finally we came out of it. And my youngest son, Elijah, he started up in his Waldorf school for just only a couple of months before the pandemic hit. And then everybody was back in masks and worried about their immune systems. And so I actually have gotten to share some song circles there at his school, and yet I haven't fully gotten to get the children immersed all the way into that. So something that I was doing was called the Global Kids Song Circle, and I was sharing through Zoom some you know mantra and stories and incorporating puppets and fun and doing that for children on a global scale through zoom and yet i haven't had the gift of getting to go around to schools here in northern california yet but <laughs> i've got i'm holding the vision i've got the vision of them flowing beautifully and being able to share some of these stories and insights with parents and their children that resonate with these teachings. Um, something else that I find really important that you might have noticed that I did when I was telling you about Ganesha was to remind you that you're praying to whatever higher power you resonate with. So that if I'm teaching for children, I'm not saying this, this is it or this is the only way. I'm, I'm letting them know it's a myth, it's a story and that it gets to be interpreted however they believe. And so that way they're able to go home and talk it over with their parents and take everything with a grain of salt, as with everything. And I find that that's something that I'll continue to really do here in California, where perhaps the parents aren't also studying about Sanskrit mythology and these myths of the asanas. Um, I want this to feel like I'm being very respectful to all walks of lives and traditions, you know, and, and weaving in this path and helping it to be in a way that feels really safe for both parents and children to believe as they feel inspired. Mm, thank you for saying that. I think that that's so important as teachers and facilitators and for parents and teachers that are listening. We're always trying to figure out the ways of how do we bring these teachings of the deities without it sounding like we're preaching a religion, but that we're really telling a story and that the story 
tunes into different aspects of ourself and in turn help our help teach our kids how to overcome different things in their life and how they could really take these teachings and apply it however makes sense to them. I feel like it's just so important because I get that question a lot in my teacher trainings and that's always been one problem that I've faced bringing in Sanskrit into schools is that and you were talking about having the bigger blessing of teaching in schools but I feel like the blessing has been for you at this point to maybe not teach in schools because you've been really been able to nourish your yumminess and your music and your stories and your classes the way that you want to teach it without there kind of being this restriction that some of us teachers face. So I don't know, I really commend that and see the beauty that that's how it's been able to play out for you. <laughs> yes, I'm really thankful. And I'm someone who actually left home quite early and stepped away from a very strict organized religion. And so as a mother, you know, one of my biggest goals has been allowing my children to have a choice in what feels good and what feels true for them. And it's the same thing with schools and in a setting or anywhere that you're teaching is, you know, allowing the the child to feel into what resonates as truth and to take everything with a grain of salt. So yes, and so you've been able to weave in the teachings of the yoga philosophy and the mantras and teach it in a um, fun, sweet way. And then I, I know there's so much for us to talk about, but one of the other things that I mentioned earlier that I love that you've been able to interweave in the teachings are the elements. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know some of the benefits that you've seen with the kiddos from teaching about the elements because you do talk about the elements a lot and energy and the chakras um, i know why i teach them but i would love to know why you teach them and some of the benefits that you've seen sure um, well after the birth of my daughter mirabelle i actually hemorrhaged and i bled to death and I had to go to the emergency room because it was a home birth and I got five units of blood. So five bags of blood and they used electricity to resuscitate me wow. and bring me back into my body. And that was such a massive journey. And so coming back in my body, I really, really learned, um, gosh, how do I even put it into words? I really learned that we really are the earth. We are the water. We are the air. We are the fire. Our spirits are the fire. We come from the dust of the stars of the ether. And so when I'm working with children and helping them with their chakras and different energetic centers in the body, it's quite apparent what, what children might need a bit of strength in. You know, if they're having um, whatever different kinds of difficult 
traumas or experiences that they're facing in the moment or that they've been through, I can actually see it in their bodies by how they're standing up, how they're showing up in the world, how they're on their mat. And so I will know if we want to bring the sun into the solar plexus and get my medicine drum out and sing some of the chants to activate the solar plexus. I can see if their hearts need to be a bit more full. And so we sing Jai Ma. You'd asked about who I sing for. I sing for Ma a lot or Jagadambe, which is the mother of all creation. And so I weave in, you know, these different elements as well as um, different types of postures and visualizations and even shamanic practices that help to ignite the energy centers and to really activate the children into the remembrance of that they are a mountain. You know, when we stand in mountain pose, we get to be like a tree. We get to pull up the energy of the earth up into our roots. You know, we get to use our breath to exhale and give what's no longer serving us to the sun and then to inhale and bring in fresh prana right into our cells, you know, really activating. You know that song? Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Part of working with the elements is to ensure that the body, mind, and spirit are balanced and that we are these elemental beings. And so it is so important to weave that in through the song, through the dance, through the practices. Um, one more piece, because I know that there's a lot of parents and teachers that are listening, is that if there is a child that is feeling like they're very unruly, they've got a lot of yang energy, they're moving all around, rather than trying to make them hold still and bottle it all up, spend a couple of minutes and let them be like a volcano and release it, do some of the breath work, do practices with them, and then you'll very quickly witness them cooling down and coming a bit more into the yin energy. But rather than just trying to put a lid on it or a cap on it, you know, we've, we've been having that happen to us our whole lives. So celebrating that energy, letting it move through, and then I always bring them into more of a balanced, calm yin space before the parents come. You know, that's through coloring mandalas, working with special cards, making pictures, doing partner sharing, doing meditations where we're just holding flowers and sniffing the flowers to slow down the breath and, you know, these types of practices. And so instead of trying to be only water and fluid and gentle, I love to have the practice embody all the elements and celebrate all that we are. Yes. And when I do sequencing for my classes, it's designed as this like opening, the warm up, you know, you get into the peak and in that peak, I do a lot of like energy release games, but I love how you're infusing and thinking about in your, I don't want to speak for you, but in your classes and um, your storytelling, but you're really infusing all the elements and how that they would play out in kids so that you could in turn have a well-rounded class where everything is expressed. So things would get balanced out. 
Yes. <laughs> That's the key. We can't have just all all one good thing. We got to have the whole enchilada, full spectrum. <laughs> and so for everyone listening, you have your album, Walk in Beauty. And then there was something else on there. Did you have like another remix? Yeah, if you're if you're on like um, Spotify or Apple Music, you can put in Lindsay Wise remixes. And there's a few DJs that ask to, re- to remix some of my songs. And if you go on SoundCloud, I've actually got a bunch of free songs on there, including mantras. So you can check out, I think I've got about 35 songs on SoundCloud. It's free. So you can go and check those out. And there's a lot of call and response and ways that you can sing along. I'm really passionate about helping people to sing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like we're talking about now with your teachings being, again, rich, and also, I mean, I don't even know how to say it, but with your songs, they are not just typical kids' songs. They're, they're songs that adults can listen to and resonate with. And like you said, you do a lot of work with Mother Earth and Mamas. <laughs> and so I love that about your songs. It's the, the really tunes that every, everyone could jam out to and resonate with. Oh, yes. Thank you. Well, I've got three children, so I really appreciate it if I actually enjoy listening to the music that my children are asking. <laughs> That's key. And I'm brewing a song, an album that is for children. So it'll still be for parents, but also it's going to be even more geared for children. And that's something that I've been creating with songs that I've been composing these last couple of years. Mm, Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I know, I mean, I could pick your brain about so many things because you have such a wealth of knowledge, but I know we're getting to our ending of our time here. You mentioned kids being some of your biggest gurus. I wonder if you could share, share a gem of how working with kids or being a mama has really influenced your spiritual path. I mean, I know you shared so much already and I definitely know more now about you. I mean, you've you've tackled so much in this um, interview around like even your son. So thank you for sharing. And then your near death experience, which um, I'm gonna hear more about. But I would love to just know if there are a couple of gems of how these little gurus have really, really shifted your awareness and practice. Sure. I feel like one of the biggest ways is um, that, you know, my older children are 13 and 14 now, and there's a big gap. There's a nine-year gap between them and my four-year-old. And I actually, I, my mind was like, nope, we're not going to have another baby. But there was a lot of divine intervention that helped us to have our youngest. And one of the gifts between that nine-year gap was knowing full body resonance that this journey of motherhood flies by. You know, so having a 14-year-old daughter, uh, you know, and just seeing that it really has gone so quickly words can't express how quickly it goes it helps me to live in the present moment it helps me to find gratitude and gems even as i'd said in the traumatic 
challenging experiences. And, you know, during our son Jasper's healing journey, we joked about little Elijah, our four-year-old, that it kind of felt like we were like, God, I'm drowning. And God was like, here, have a baby. <laughs> and we had this little guru, this little wee yogi, and Elijah kept us in the present moment. He, we couldn't think about the past. We couldn't worry about the future. He kept our whole family in the present moment. And that was just the medicine that we needed. And so, you know, as much as we're able to as parents and we want to help everybody else, just really remember that these precious days are gonna fly by. Before you know it, your toddler is going to be a 14 year old and she might not be asking you to read her stories every night. You know, she might be cool, you know, very cool. <laughs> and so um, the pandemic has provided a lot of spaciousness and deeper bonding with my teenagers. And yet, yeah, that's a really big gem for me. And the other is the art of listening you know every night before we go to bed we each share a rose and a thorn about the day we talk about the highs and the lows you know i pick them up from school give me a high give me a low and we celebrate that life isn't just about one or the other and i think that the last gem that i've learned from being a mother is that teachers come in all forms all shapes all sizes and to just trust that whatever the day is and whatever the teacher has arisen, whether they're a child or an elder, just know that these children are these ancient wise beings wrapped up into tiny fun sprites that are teaching us in just the way our souls have called in. And that is a gift. Thank you, Lindsay. This is, interview has been a beautiful gift to have you and to just be able to dive and dig deep and learn about what has motivated your heart and soul. So I want to say thank you so much. And for everyone listening, how could they get a hold of you? <laughs> well, you can check out lindsaywise.com if you're on Instaland. I'm Shamama Wise. And if you love song circles, you can check out my group on Facebook, the Global Sister Song Circle, or for all genders, the Global Song Circle. And lastly, next month, I'm offering a 12-week course for mothers, all about integrating motherhood and reactivating your authentic voice and divine power. And so you could check me out through the Shift Network and you'll find that course and also an upcoming free event where I'll be sharing more about that for the mamas. Thank you. Taking care of all of us from in the womb to helping mamas birth to taking care of the mamas to taking care of the babies and you're just doing the whole big full circle so thank you for your work thank you so much it's such a gift sama sama same same can i just seal it with one big yum yes for the anahata the heart chakra so i love opening and closing often for kids with a big yum instead of the om, you know, again, taking it right to the heart. So if yeah. you'll do it with me, just exhale and let out all the breath. Take a big deep breath in. 
Namaste, Mama Jocelyn. Thank you. Namaste, my sweet sister. Namaste. And thank you for everyone listening. It's been so much fun to have you support the We Yogis podcast. Remember, you could subscribe, review, and as always, share. And feel free to reach out to Lindsay or I and get all of your questions answered. Lots of love. We love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Yogis. Thank you.